This morning I preached you the gospel of our salvation as we read it in Isaiah chapter 8. Looked at Isaiah 6 and also Isaiah 7 and 8 with reference to the sign of Emmanuel. And then we continue on Isaiah 8 starting at verse 11. Page 572. For the Lord spoke thus to me with his strong hand upon me and warned me not to walk in the way of this people, saying, Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. And he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many shall stumble on it. They shall fall and be broken. They shall be snared and taken. Bind up the testimony, seal the teaching among my disciples. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are signs and portents in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells on Mount Zion. And when they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? to the teaching, and to the testimony. If they will not speak according to this word, it is because they have no dawn. They will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry. And when they are hungry, they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and their God and turn their faces upward. And they will look to the earth, but behold distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, one, one good thing about the shorter periods of daylight in the winter is that it's possible to see the, the first light of dawn without having to get up too early. The Bible often compares God's grace in coming to us in the darkness of our sins to the morning rays of sunlight that chase away the darkness of the night. So the light of salvation shone in the darkness when God came looking for Adam and Eve in paradise in the darkness after the fall into sin. 
And God's sanctuary, that a holy place, a, his tent of meeting or his, his tabernacle or temple, it was in, in the midst of the people with oil lamps burning day and night. It shone like rays of sunshine giving hope to a people overwhelmed by their own sins. Isaiah's vision of the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. It gave light of hope to the crumbling house of David. The sign of a virgin giving birth to a child named Emmanuel pointed to the birth of Jesus Christ that we celebrate at Christmas. And the sunrise from above that we read of in Luke 1, verse 79, reveals very clearly that when God is our sanctuary, we will always see the light of salvation. And today, as we think about how God has revealed himself to us, we see that we have much more light in our lives because Jesus Christ is not just a promise for the future, but he has finished his work, and God has come to us by dwelling in our hearts by His Spirit. He's near us. Do you feel comfort in God, the sanctuary? The gospel message I proclaim to you today is that no one needs to live without God's grace and light. The Lord sincerely calls all people walking in darkness to put their trust in Him. He is a God who is with us. And He is a God who commands His faithful children to fear Him, to wait for Him, to trust Him, and to listen to Him even if it means being different than everyone else in Israel or, or Canada or whatever place you may call home. Even when we are suffering under the Lord's discipline, it's hard to, to see Him. Or when our faith is being tested by fire, when the consequences of the fall into sin fill our lives with darkness, of sorrow, and sickness, Emmanuel, God with us in different ways and in different places throughout the ages until that day promised in Revelation when the kingdom of God will be all there is on the new heaven and the new earth and God will dwell with us in the full light of day and there will no longer be any night, darkness, tears, or pain. I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ under this theme, with God as our sanctuary, we will see the light of salvation. We will see that he carries us through the darkness to the dawn. Isaiah's prophecy clearly points to the incarnation, the coming into the flesh of the Son of God that we celebrate at Christmas but it also served to instruct and comfort our Lord Jesus Christ as he lived here on the earth, as he 
passed through suffering to glory. And it continues to encourage us today in the the midst of the hardships and the suffering that we face. Isaiah confidently declared in in verses 9 and 10 of chapter 8, he confidently declared that God's enemies would not be able to crush the holy seed. And years later, in the darkness of his own suffering, Jesus Christ took comfort. Isaiah is confident for, we see in verse 11, or because the Lord spoke to him with clear warning as his strong hand was upon him to guide his mind and his thoughts. The Lord's hand revealed to Isaiah many things that would happen that would continue to, to, that would contribute to a general experience of darkness in the lives of the covenant people. The nation would be afraid to see the enemies of Israel. The enemies, Israel and Syria and Assyria, they're strapping on their armor. You could see that in verses 9 and 10. They could see their enemies strapping on their armor with an intent to, to wipe them out. Just like the threat of an ISIS attack or war with North Korea may cause us to be frightened. It's not just a theory. We could see these things happening and the people were were afraid. It filled the people with dread to have a king with the blood of his own sons on his hands. And just as we might wonder how God can allow our government to fund and perform so many abortions and, and euthanize so many weak and vulnerable citizens. What can happen to a country that lives like this? And to make matters worse, we can see in our text that the recommended teachers of the age, where they, they sent people to, to learn things, were people who were inquiring of the dead. Verse 19, they were mediums and necromancers who didn't speak clearly but who who chirped and muttered. The so-called experts in society were consulting the spirits and the dead. Like so many people today who, who follow the teachings of demons as Paul says in, in 1 Timothy teaching that doesn't come from God and his word, but, but really from the dead and the fallen. And so the people were fo- following the, the wicked, vague advice rather than listen to the clear word of God spoken by the prophets. And so Israel and Judah, Judah was, was full of conspiracy and dread and occult teachers And as the people stood in the the darkness facing the consequences of their sins, the Lord who comes to them calls them to repent and turn to him, their sanctuary. In verse 14, you can see that. He says he will become a sanctuary. A sanctuary is a holy place, like a tent of meeting or the temple to which a person can flee to, to be protected. 
The Lord offers to provide sanctuary to all those who trust in him. But that also means that he will fight against all who do not trust in him. And we read that without distinguishing between the houses of Israel, he will be a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling, a trap and a snare. One rock, a sanctuary for those who trust in him, and yet also a stone of stumbling for those who turn away from him. There are two sides to God's promise to protect his holy people. And those who refuse to have the Lord as an ally will have him as an enemy. And by placing similar sounding punchy words one after another in verse 15, the Lord gives a dramatic picture of what happens to people who reject God's offer to be their sanctuary. Instead of receiving help from him, many stumbled over him. They fell and were broken. They were snared and taken. The enemy came. His name was Tiglath Pileser, the Assyrians. But he came and he occupied the northern part of Israel, which was Zebulun and Naphtali. And the people could see how close this very powerful army came to them. You can imagine what was going through their minds and, and what was in their hearts at that time. And Isaiah describes it. He says the people were, were passing through their land, passing through, walking around without finding any rest. They were distressed. They were hungry. They directed their anger against their king. They spoke contemptuously against their God. They did not repent. Reminds us of Revelation 16, verse 11. In the midst of the darkness and the punishment, they got angry at God and they did not repent. The distress and the darkness surrounded them and, and they lived in the gloom of anguish, we read in verses 21 to 22. The gloom of anguish thrust into thick darkness. Well, Isaiah 8 is a warning that is quoted several times in the Scriptures. In the New Testament, many times, it's a very well-known passage that, that affects a lot of what is written in the New Testament. Because the world must know that God punishes those who do not trust in him completely. Jesus, Paul, Peter, they all quote this passage. They all quote this passage to teach that if anyone tries to earn his or her righteousness by their own works and does not put their complete trust in Jesus Christ as a sanctuary, then God becomes a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. You can find it in Romans 9 and 1 Peter 2, Matthew 21. And then we see that we do well to pay attention to the warning, brothers and sisters. The cause of darkness and suffering and misery in the world is sin. 
It's a rejection of God and His Son, Jesus Christ. And it is a rejection which God in His holiness must punish in order to prepare a home for righteousness. Light could only be seen by those who trusted in God, who made Him their sanctuary. Isaiah was told to focus on the light of God's grace that would be preserved through the remnant of the faithful who kept themselves separate from the unbelieving covenant people. God warned Isaiah and the Holy Seed not to walk in the way of this people. And he said to Isaiah, you can see that in the first verses, the end of verse 11, do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. And he will become a sanctuary. God told his people to pay attention to Isaiah and his sons in verse 18, who served as signs and portents. The means that made, they made it clear how the Lord of hosts, who dwells on Mount Zion, was planning to carry them through the darkness. Although all the people would suffer from the attacks of the exile, God would preserve a remnant that would Return. It's the name of Isaiah's sons, the second being Sheer Jashub, a remnant will return. It's a sign how God will bring deliverance. God would provide a savior who would come from the remnant that he would preserve. He would provide a savior through the remnant that would be saved, although there were going to be attacks and even exile. There would be a remnant. It was a beautiful promise, but it also told the righteous that it would never be easy for them. To belong to the people of God would be a severe test of their faith, especially since the righteous would be persecuted by their own unbelieving brothers in the midst of the suffering of attacks from, from outside invaders. Read Jeremiah or Lamentations if you want to know how much the righteous would suffer. God's prophet Isaiah reminded the people that because of the fall into sin, there would be hardships in our lives. And today, although we know much more than Isaiah did, we continue to know what he means when he says that there is darkness and suffering in our lives. Again, this year, you were disappointed by your own sins, your own weaknesses. You were hurt by others. God's people were persecuted. Many gave their lives because of their faith. You saw the consequences of the fall into sin. And you know and we know how often we've been praying for members of our own congregation with very serious illnesses, injuries, disorders. And this year, we even mourned the death 
loved ones. Although there are different reasons and explanations for the distress, the anguish, and the darkness that can sometimes encroach upon us in this life, it is clear and it is, it is very clear to us that we do not experience the fullness of Christ Jesus' victory when he will be all in all. And that's why our text is so important for us today as we try to understand how to deal with, with all that we are facing. God tells us clearly, don't let the hardships fool you into thinking that God has abandoned you. Don't fear what they fear, men. Don't dread what they dread, the suffering. But honor God's name as holy. Jesus taught us to live with that. Hallowed be your name. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ himself, he took this instruction to heart when the devil tempted him in the desert. Jesus also taught the church the same thing when he said to his disciples that they must not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but they must fear God, he said in Matthew 10, verse 28. And the Holy Spirit again uses this verse in Isaiah 8 when he encourages persecuted Christians through Peter's first letter in 1 Peter 3, verses 14 to 15. That passage we read, but even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts Honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense of your faith. And we see, brothers and sisters, that our text today calls us to turn to look to the hand of the righteous God, even in the midst of the hardships and the darkness, and to believe his sure promise that he will carry us through the darkness. He is a sanctuary. He is a holy place where we can always see the, the rays of dawn, even when the suffering and the, dark, the darkness of suffering comes in upon us. When the righteous believe in God and in his promises, they will say together with Isaiah the beautiful words of verse 17. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob and I will hope in him. Even though Isaiah couldn't see the loving favor of the Lord at that time, he said he would wait. And 700 years later on the cross when Jesus suffered under the darkness of the anger of God against sin, and he suffered for all who believed in him. He too cried out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When we trust in God, we know without a doubt that our sins and their consequences and, and the other hardships we face in our lives are not too much for God to overcome. 
When he is our sanctuary, we can always see the light of salvation like watchmen waiting for the morning light. So our hearts long for the Lord to restore us to peace. The fa- our Father in heaven does not abandon his children. And every one of us who receives his Son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior, will experience the truth of the promise of, I- of Psalm 112, verse 4. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. We see this in our second point. When Isaiah explains to the rebellious house of David that those who do not speak according to this word do not have the dawn. You can see that in verse 20. When he says these words, he reveals to us that it is only by God's grace that we believe the testimony and the teaching. By calling the prophet in verse 16 to to bind up the testimony, to seal the teaching. The Lord makes it clear that this is his final word. It will not change. This is what he says. This is what will happen. And as God's people obey the command in verse 20 to go to the testimony and to the teaching, they could see the grace of God in his promise to enter the world through the virgin's child. To give, says Zechariah, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Zechariah's prophecy connects to Isaiah's prophecy to show us that Jesus' birth is like the, the sunrise that visits us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. That's Luke 1, verse 79. As Isaiah was preaching, he could make his prophecy very concrete. He could point to the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali, two tribes which had already been taken into exile by the Assyrians at that time. Because their land was always weakened because Gentile nations were were mixed in among them because Solomon had given many of their cities to the king of Tyre. And since they were located right along the, the highway that went from Assyria to the sea, a major trading highway, this land beyond the Jordan had been brought into contempt as the forgotten land. They were forgotten tribes. The Israelites hardly cared for them anymore. And yet God chose to take this humble part of the country. He chose to make it glorious, to show that it does not come from man, but from God. Even though they also walked in darkness, as you can see that in the first verses of chapter 9, Isaiah tells the people of God that in his grace, the Lord of hosts would make Galilee glorious. They were the people that Isaiah says, these are the people to watch. If you want to see the light of dawn, if you want to see how God will bring you salvation, look at Galilee. Look at humble Galilee. 
Any person who knew the prophecy of Isaiah would also know that their salvation from God's punishment, their salvation from the darkness, would come from a light that was shining in that place. And so they could know that the latter time would be much better than the former time. And God showed them his special gracious favor by making this part of Galilee glorious. And then it comes together. And you can see, brothers and sisters, that everything we do, the Lord we worship, is the Lord that has been announced and prophesied since the beginning. Because the gospel I preach to you is that the Emmanuel child of Isaiah's prophecy, the sunrise of Zechariah's prophecy, it is, he is the, our Savior, Jesus Christ, whom we know and we believe and we worship. Years afterward, Matthew would point out that Jesus fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah when he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. And he preached, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Holy Spirit makes it all very clear, brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He is God with us. He is the sanctuary, the, the tent of meeting, the holy place that we can turn to in the times of darkness. The sunrise from above who bore the wrath and the darkness, the curse of God against sin so that he could bring us into the light of the complete forgiveness of all our sins into the light of eternal life. And with that announcement comes the warning. Do not stumble over him. Many New Testament writers warn that. Submit yourself to him. Turn to him in humble submission. Embrace him as your sanctuary, your only hope in this world. Because that is who Jesus Christ is. Well, unlike the people of in Isaiah's days, at this moment we do not experience the darkness, the distress, the anguish, and the gloom of foreign invaders running over our country. And we also do not live under an, un an unfaithful king in the house of David who led the people in disobedience and brought upon them the horrible covenant curses that God had promised. But the congregation can know that there is a connection. The connection is made when we realize that we still need to be set free from the root cause of all our suffering, the root cause of all our misery, which is sin, sin in our own hearts, the hearts of those around us. We have not arrived yet at the time of full light. And together with Believers in all ages and all places in the world, we also continue to suffer from the effects of the fall, which bring illness and broken relationships and tears and death. Well, the solution in Isaiah's day is the solution today as well. 
Those who go to the testimony, who go to the teaching, who go to the word of God, will trust that God is their sanctuary, will believe his word, will find comfort in his promises. The difference is that today we know much more than Isaiah did. For in the New Testament, we can read about all that we get when we trust in God. The New Testament writers show us how Jesus Christ endured the darkness as he took all that curse of God against our sins. He took that upon himself so that although believers may still suffer, they never have to believe or think that they are being punished for their sins. Christ has been punished for our sins. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And the Lord Jesus also gives us his Holy Spirit so the law is written on our own hearts. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. The Lord leads us into a new reality, a reality that gives us hope even in the midst of death, a reality that looks like a sunrise that comes and shines its beams even into our darkness. And when you find this sanctuary in Jesus Christ, he will not be a rock of offense, a stone of stumbling to you. He will be the light of salvation. Christmas time is the darkest time of the year, way up here in the north. But the gospel promise that shines in the darkness is that those who trust in the Lord will never fail to have light as a morning star rises in our hearts. The Lord carries those who trust in him through the darkness and he brings us to the dawn in Jesus Christ. And hidden in the sanctuary of Jesus Christ, we look forward to the day when he will be all in all and we will live eternally in the full light of day. O come thou day spring from on high, and comfort us by drawing nigh. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee. Amen. <laughs>